All right, welcome to another episode of House of Pride Show with your host, Tweak Attorney, here. My first guest should be on our line, the one and only Miss Bianca Simone. Can you hear us? Yes, I can. How are you, Tweaker? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm here at home, uh, shelter in place. Um, just had a nice little um, hike around the city, and so now I'm back. Yeah, uh, it's been a long, long affair, this COVID-19 sheltering in place. It's been hard on uh, everyone. Um, I just saw that tomorrow is a big day for you. Can you tell us about what's going on? Uh, yes. So tomorrow, we uh, people in the trans community have gotten together and created a, uh, a rally that's going to start at the federal building and lead to City Hall and go through the entire tra uh, transgender district, transgender cultural district that's located in the Tenderloin here in San Francisco. Um, you know, that law that just passed to where uh, now we can be, uh, what is that, segregated or discriminated upon for being transgender for medical services. So it's important that we get our voices out there and let it be heard um, that, you know, it's not right to deny us services, you know. There's so much that's happening uh, with our community, and, you know, I feel that a lot of people don't shed enough light on it. True, true that. Uh, right, the Supreme Court, um, in, in all of this darkness, I have to say, the Supreme Court passed, help, uh, held up the Civil Rights Law of 1964, uh, which prohibits uh, sexual discrimination, and it applies now to the uh, sexual orientation of uh, folks who identify as gay and um, transgender. So that's a bit of good news in all of this trying, depressing times, wouldn't you say? Definitely, definitely. Um, I was. Uh, I mean, that's. I feel that it's pretty good for uh, you know most of the LGBT community as far as being discriminated on. But I mean, is it going to happen? What's being done to uh, to ensure that it doesn't happen? Um, you know, I, I foresee a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of sensitivity training around transgender people and transgender issues um, that need to happen within big cor larger corporations. Um, you know, and can it be a don't ask, don't tell? <laughs> you know, yeah. um, mm -hmm. why do I why do I need to uh, apply for something and let you know I'm transgender? You should be able to just see my name on the paper and go for it. You know, on my resume and go for it. You know, I mean, girl, holding down a job is hard enough <laughs> with everything that comes <laughs> with a job. You don't need to be distracted. Take your creative energies and and have to deal with people judging you on your sexual orientation or the sexual identity you choose to be. I mean, come on, everyone. That is, <laughs> you know, let's look through the forest, through the trees. That is just, you know, people just want to find things to judge other people upon. But we have to take the higher ground sometimes. You know, we have to enlighten ourselves. And we need leaders like yourself uh, who can guide us, you know, to a higher place. Because we could all get stuck, muddled together, fighting each other, and at the end of the day, we're not going to have anything productive to show for that. It's just destructive. Did, yeah, I, did, did you I, hang up on me? <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm trying to. I'm trying to grasp everything that you said. Um, no, it is true. I mean, we don't. I mean, 
at a workplace, we're supposed to be working. Uh, who cares who's sitting next to you? Who cares who sends you that email? Who cares who does what? As long as we can work cohesively as a team, you know, I'm pretty sure <laughs> in 2030, <laughs> a dog is going to send an email and we're going to have to respond. So it's like, you know, I, I think yes, bots. there comes a time. bots all over the place. Working with bots, that would be an interesting experience but uh, let me ask you bianca in your experience have you encountered um people judging you on on the basis of being uh, you know who you are you know i'm i've been very fortunate um to be what our society or what our trans community calls passable to where i haven't really had that uh, you know that option of having of being discriminated I've seen it happen to some of my sisters and brothers, and I think it's foul. I think it's wrong. I've been in situations to where I've been with, uh, you know, other girls who are not quite as passable as myself, or what cons- or what society considers passable. Because at the end of the day, what is passing? You see what I'm saying? With all these new gender norms and uh, gender, you know, pronouns and stuff like that, what is passing exactly? Um, but I've seen it happen. I've seen discrimination. I've been in Ross one time, and this, although this doesn't have to happen with employment, but let's talk about it. You know, I've been in Ross one time, and because one of my sisters didn't fit the the stereotypical uh, image of what a woman should look like, had to go down and try on women's clothes, you know, feminine things in a men's dressing room. You see what I'm saying? What is that? Um. How safe is that? You know, and who's to say that someone couldn't have beat her or raped her when she went downstairs to the men's dressing room? You know, I think employment isn't the issue all the time. I think the bigger issue is we need to uh, put an emphasis or put or at least pay attention to the trans community. You know, there was just a young girl in Philadelphia who just died. They found her body chopped up, stuffed in it. In a, in a suitcase and thrown into a river, you know, and that right there is just totally brutal. You know, this happened within days of other transgender murders. What about the young girl who was at the, the Black Lives Matter march and got beat because the people found out that she was trans, you know? All of this, all these murders happen within days, and not all of them are being publicized. Not all of them are being aware to the public. Instead, we're focusing on this new discrimination act that just got passed. So what? We're all supposed to shut our mouth now because you know, oh, you're supposed to non-discriminate us, but then you're going to take away our health care? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, it is a little confusing, and o- that's only one, um, you know, one floor of many floors. Now you're protected in the workplace, but like you just um, brought to light that, uh, you know, there are dangers for transgendered folks uh, within the community. I I totally agree. You know, some of my trans brothers have problems in the restrooms. You know, what, okay, so you fixed employment. What about housing? You know, some of my sisters and girls can't even get housing because they are transgender for fear that, one, they might be doing something that's out of the norm or they don't fit the stereotypical type of what you think should be in your apartment building. So you're going to discriminate discriminate on them. Or what about when you get in and then you find out that she's transgender and then the people that have started processes to try to evicting them because of their transgenders. You know, people making false complaints on them and complaining about, uh, uh, you know, bullshit things. And it's it's not it's just a plot to get them kicked out because they didn't like the fact that they were living next door to a trans person. 
Right. You it's, know, I mean, uh, employment is one thing. I'm happy about that, you know, but I also want to make sure that the T is being represented in the employment as well. We say LGB all the time, and I, I don't see the T happening a lot. I say I see it being changed, but I can remember just, you know, I'm, I've been in San Francisco for over 20 years. I'm originally from Anaheim, California, and when I first came to San Francisco, I don't, you know, I share this with a lot of people. I was once homeless. I stayed in a youth, uh, a youth facility, a transitional living living home for youth, and it was right at the base of Castro. I would come down to Castro every day around 12 o'clock because it's the day that's the time they kicked us out. And do you know that we were just? I was discriminated on for one being trans, two being black in the Castro. <laughs> you know, so I mean, the Castro has, you know, it has come a long way since then. But still, you know, I mean, right. Well, really let's have, that's an interesting point because you are transgendered, but you're also an, a black American. Um, and now in light of uh, people crying out and actually it's really inspiring to see the youth of our country coming together of all ethnicities, really, and uh, demanding oh, yeah. justice and equality. You know, basically, it is we're, like we're being thrust to the next level of equality in this long drawn out process of of uh, equality for African American Americans. I mean it's been a long time coming. It's like little baby steps. So I feel like we're we're getting to a better place. What's your take as, I, as a I agree. You do? How, what was your experience I'm sorry to that, hold on one second. How how was your experience growing in Anaheim as a black child? Uh did you uh -oh. did you face prejudices such as that? Um, not as many. I in Anaheim, I learned to. It was quite. It was like around the time to where there wasn't that many black people that lived there. So when you saw other black families, it was almost like the leprechaun at the end of the rainbow. It's like, look, there's another black family. Um, but there wasn't. As there wasn't like racism or segregation, although I did see how most white people perceived black people. And I oftentimes um, overcome or, you know, underestimated them, I guess. You know, they didn't figure that, oh, we didn't know people were, were like you. Or, well, you know, they never had black people friends until they met me, you know. Um, I did. Re I did, however, um, experience racism when I was a little kid in, in in preschool. I remember I had a teacher who, no matter what I did, she just assumed that I was just this bad child and never really wanted to nurture me, teach me, or anything. And at the time, I was being shipped out to Mar Vista High School or no Mar Vista area, which is kind of like a valley area. And literally, I never told my parents anything, but for an entire school year, I fucked out in, in like, kindergarten. For, no, yeah, in kindergarten, because I, you know, I didn't, I didn't learn anything. No, it was first grade, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't learn anything, you know, and this teacher, no matter what I did, told me, oh, you're, you don't deserve that. I had the kids spitting on me, calling me names, telling me, oh, you're nothing but a nigger, blah, 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 blah. And I went through this, you know, it's like. Good, it's, good grief. How many, were you the only black child there? Um, there were a couple of us seasoned in, but not that many, you know, and I was very fortunate afterwards to, to attend an all black elementary school to where, you know, things progressed. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, my first my first years were pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, that's a horrible experience for any a child to, you know. I mean, especially that age, your teachers are like your world at school. You know, they're supposed to lift you up. Oh, definitely. That's that's a bummer. Um, what was your take being a transgender young black adult in the Castro? Uh, back in the day, it was definitely more white, white Castro, I would say, from what I've definitely. Yeah, it's come. It's come along. Um, thank God. It's co it's come along. I my experience was I never felt as if I was wanted. Um, there was always this one area or this one club called the Pendulum, to where most African Americans and black folks conjured, the music was good, and I watched that slowly have problems and close. As a youth, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was, I was able enough to, I was old enough to get into the clubs, but, you know, just experiencing and hanging around, you know, folks never really wanted us here. I never really saw acceptance from people. Um, oftentimes, people looked down at me for being trans um, until they found out I was worth something to them or, or that I was educated or something. You know, uh, it was, it was trying times, but, you know, I always looked forward and, you know, found my own outlets to, you know, just experience and have fun. I, I, I was determined to not let the Castro get me down. Yes. And now, uh, now, what advice would you give folks for the first time, young, young adults coming in to the Castro who are transgender? Any, any advice or any, you know, point of reference you would guide them towards? Do you, do you, do you still think San Francisco is a, a haven for people who are um, transgender? Yes, I do. I do think that San Francisco is still the transgender mecca. Um, it's almost, I think we're called like the, the safe city or something like that, or people can come here <laughs> and take refuge and you know, definitely San Francisco is that place, especially for youth and all transgender people come here to get your services, get access to health care and proper means of transitioning the correct way. Um, no back alley stuff, you know, and then definitely to trans people coming into the Castro. Um, I say don't steer from it. You know, I myself have ha have been in and out of the Castro. I double in and out of the LGBT community. Um, I was one of the first black trans women to host a Sunday, a weekly Sunday night party in the Castro. Um, so, you know, things are changing. Times are changing. I was just asked, just as a shout out by, uh, by Q-Bar again, to host their, uh, their pride party, which will be for four hours on a rooftop, and it's sponsored by the Asylum Project. So, um, you know, check my social media, Bianca Simone, and um, I'll keep everybody posted with that. What is some of your, so, yeah. uh, what would be an example of, the protest is tomorrow, uh, folks, uh, just reiterate what Bianca mentioned, uh, the court, courthouse to Comptons. What is some of your, the group's objectives uh, in terms of um, economic justice and safety for trans folks? What would be some goals that you guys have? Um, well, I'm not really the ringleader. <laughs> but it's basically we want to protect and demand economic justice and safety for trans folks. Uh, and we refuse their vision for us. We want a better future for us. And we're meeting at 7 p.m. at the SS Federal Courthouse. That's 450 Golden Gate. And we're going to march to the site of historic Compton's Cafeteria Riot, 101 Taylor Street. Um, 7 p.m. the gather, 8 p.m. rally at Turk and Taylor. 
that sounds great. And um, folks, uh, coincidentally, is almost across the street from Aunt Charlie's, which was recently just saved from a fundraiser that raised enough money to keep that place in business. One of the last surviving tenderloin, oh. tenderloin watering holes for queers and transgenders. Good, yeah. for everyone, really. Yes. <laughs> but uh, can anyone yeah. join in on the uh, just come come on down to that locale and be part of the group? Definitely. We welcome anybody who all allies, all trans people, anyone who's a trans ally are, is welcome. Yeah, we, right. You, you know, heard we don't want <laughs> we don't want to cause any problems. We just want to, you know, do it peacefully. Right. Right. That's good to hear. <laughs> Things got a little <laughs> out of hand uh, during the Black Lives Matter protest where people, a small fringe, took advantage of that and did some looting right in right in that area, as a matter of fact. But you know what, though? Those were people not from the city and also police people, police, the undercover police officers, officers sprinkled into the riot people. If you see any of the any of the footage from from people from Black Lives Matter, it was a peaceful march. All the spray painting and everything like that came from non-black people and came from people just, I mean, calling themselves helping out. So you know, I like think I that's said, part of it. But I will I will say um, that um, some of the Walgreens that got broken into, I, I'm now seeing that loot being sold on the sidewalks from homeless people. So, <laughs> I, you know, like you know, when you see like ten of the same shampoos like on a blanket on the sidewalk well you know walgreens where it's had a, <laughs> walgreens had another another thing coming <laughs> i'm, I'm just saying th- you know i think like some of the homeless folks because that's another whole problem and i just interviewed matt hanley supervisor of district six about the just out of control homeless situation it was just like the city can't quite get on top of it although they are trying they are doing things um, I'm going to air that well, interview later, but um, there's so many desperate folks, I guess is my point, you know, like, yeah, why not step into Walgreens and grab shampoos and stuff? I mean, you know, it's like, you know, you know well, <laughs> San Francisco is actually getting an influx of, of homeless people due to the services that we have. Our, our homeless people are actually treated like gold here, and a lot of them don't use the services. And I think with the whole start of this coronavirus virus and things shutting down, I think a lot of those people moved out of all the parks and stuff in their hiding places, knowing that they could seek shelter and, and that the city was paying for it. And so they're trying to utilize that. I've heard that story, Bianca. Yeah, like people coming in from the outskirts because of the uh, resources here. So um, not to not to mention, no one's addressing the uh, mental health issues with most of our homeless people. So. Let's say we do get them housed and we get them in safe housing, stable housing. What are they doing to occupy their time? Most of them fall back into old habits and then end up dying or just or leaving their homes just because, you know, they, they're not used to it. So, you know, we need to also think of a game plan of what is follow-up for these people once we get them housed correctly and properly. That's a great point and topic for our next interview in the near future. <laughs> 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 well, I'd love to be on that discussion. I work with DPH as well. So, I mean, I know a lot and I can, and can share on a bunch of different topics. <laughs> yes, come on back anytime. It's been a pleasure having you today. It's been a while. Great to hear your voice yep. and hear your story. And uh, thank you for informing us on, on tomorrow's gathering. And, and uh, yeah, come on back anytime. You, you'll let me know. Perfect. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, you take care now. That's Bianca Simone, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back 
After musical break, more dance music, dance to be free. This is the month of pride. Gypsy love, dance to be free. We're coming back with a group from Nashville, Tennessee. The Blam Blam. Don't go anywhere.
All right, House of Pride Radio, we're back live. This is your host, Tweeka Turner here. Uh, we have our next guest. We're going all the way from San, Fran San Francisco to Nashville, Tennessee, to speak with the lead singer of the fabulous group, the Blam Blams, the one and only Bradley. Can you hear us? Hi. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> You're definitely more chill than I am. Let me tone it down. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Well, welcome to House of Pride Radio. It's nice to have you. Um, Tell us a little bit about your group. It has a fabulous title, The Blam Blams. Are you the lead singer? Yes. Um, uh, I, I kind of started the band a few years ago now. Um, and we're basically a glam rock band, um, sort of along the same vein as you know Queen and David Bowie, but trying to put a new spin on it and kind of bring it into... Uh, a new generation and a new decade. Great. Uh, let's go through the members of your band. I think there's four. Can you can you name yeah. them for us? Yeah. Um, David Estes plays guitar, sings beautiful tenor harmonies. Um, Rob Stewart is our bassist and also sings harmonies. Um, Christian Northover is our drummer. All right. Um, and you have a new single we're going to debut here on House Pride Radio entitled Isabella. Um, can you tell us where the inspiration for that song came to be? Yeah, so our uh, upcoming album should be out in late August. Um, kind of tells the story of Sidney Sable, who was a uh, bisexual actor and playwright in 1970s London. So this song actually tells basically his perspective of um, a relationship that he's in. Um, and I kind of wrote it from that headspace, but uh, it basically tells the story of, you know, someone who's in a relationship with a woman, um, but who also likes wearing her clothes when she's out of the house. Um, and I, I was really excited when I stumbled across the lyrics because it just kind of it just kind of got gayer and gayer as I wrote it, and I was uh, <laughs> really excited <laughs> with it. Yes, it came out <laughs> in its fabulous <laughs> self. Well, let's have a listen. Don't go anywhere. It's, the song you sent me is only two minutes, 17 seconds long, so we'll, we'll play the whole thing through, and then we'll talk more. Is that okay? Yeah, sounds great. All right, here goes. It's called Isabella by the Blam Blams.
Yes, Isabella, great stuff. Are you still with me? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Get to your chill level here. Um, oh, I'm not on stage, so I'm uh, I'm pretty mellow when I'm <laughs> just sitting alone in, in my house. Oh, we're getting in, we're getting more music. Uh, hold on a second. Um, okay. Yeah, and this is. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. And and this, folks, uh, is a group that's based in Nashville, Tennessee. Like off the top of your head, you might not think like, wow, glam rock, you know, queer music coming out of Nashville, Tennessee. But evidently, Nashville has two sides. Can you expand on that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I moved to Nashville in 2009 to go to school here and, um, you know, came out as queer to myself and then came out as queer, you know, only a year or two ago um, to everyone else. And uh, I've kind of, you know, since forming this band, I've um, kind of realized how much of a queer scene there is in Nashville um, and even in Nashville music, which is really cool because you know, Nashville, of course, is more than, than just the country music and the, you know, bluegrass and all of that stuff. Um, and so I've, I've been able to find a really cool, like, scene of, like, underground queer rock, which is really awesome uh, and exciting. Where is uh, the Blam Blams uh, scheduled to do any virtual shows in the upcoming future? Yeah, we're actually... Um, coming together to perform for the first time in a long time since this whole quarantine. Um, we're going to do a live stream on the 25th of this month at uh, 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, and that's going to be at Home, which is a nonprofit um, studio recording space, and they have live stream capabilities as well. Um, and it's going to yeah. benefit uh, Nashville Launchpad, which is a nonprofit that helps um, homeless LGBT youth in Nashville. And this is tied in with the uh, Nashville's uh, 615 Pride, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, it's called uh, 615 Pride. Um, and I believe it's hosted on Luna C, like L-U-N-A-S-E-A, -E Luna C Media. So it's going to be hosted on their Facebook. Um, it'll also be on our Facebook, um, if you look up the Blam Blams on Facebook, it'll be hosted on there as well. Tell folks listening to us where they can follow you guys. What's the best places? Um, so, yeah, we are on Facebook, like I just said. We're on Instagram. Um, basically, if you can figure out how to spell the Blam Blams, you can find <laughs> us anywhere. It's just B-L-A-M, B-L-A-M-S, um, the Yes, that's your lit literacy test, folks. You have to be able to... <laughs> to cross that gap. Of <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a challenge. I've I've heard you know some people think we're called the Bam Bams or the Glam Glams. It's, well, I've, Facebook I've it corrects all. it to Bam Bam. Yeah, I had that problem. Like you know how autocorrect, it oh it yeah defaults to Bam Bam. It's annoying, but um yes, it's the Blam Blams. I get it. It you know that's a great name. Uh, so once you <laughs> get that, you know, locked in your brains, you can go from there, folks. <laughs> There's a lot to be had. Um, this is great. It, it was uh, a random meeting on my House of Pride page. Uh, 
That's what it's all about sometimes, making those connections. Uh, you know, in another world, Nashville, uh, who knew that there's a vibrant LGBTQ community there? Well, I guess I kind of knew, but it's seldom I connect with folks doing stuff there. So uh, you guys are more than welcome to come on back anytime you're dropping something new uh, or just want to update us here in San Francisco. Uh, we'll, we'd love to have you back. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, you have a, a great show. And uh, folks, once again, it's the Blam Blams. And don't forget to download their new release, Isabella. All right. You take care, uh, Bradley. Take right, care. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're Bye. welcome. Sure. Wow. Uh, folks, we're going to play some more dance music, and then we'll have a surprise guest to uh, wrap up House of Pride Radio. So um, don't go anywhere. I will be uh, continuing the party. Here we go.
and you too. Do you guys know who I'm talking to? You! Those of you who go out and stay out all night long and expect us to stay home when you did what you did, because you did it, we can't do it? Hmm. But let me tell you something here. The sisters ain't going for that no more. Hey, sisters, you feel me? Because we realize two things, that y'all ain't doing nothing greater for us than we can't do for ourselves. Can I get an amen? Somebody say yeah. So from now on, we want to use what we got 
<laughs> oh, the studio work. I hit something. Oh no. Um I have to can you guys pause? Oh Michael, oh, I gonna kill you. Okay, I'm paused at one oh two seventeen. Okay. You said seventeen? Yes. Okay, all right, perfect. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. 
From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Van S. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio. Got the mutiny, mutiny radio, my friend. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny, mutiny radio. Got mutiny radio, my friend. You ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 
Tired of paying too much for your internet? Contracts and hidden fees got you down? Tired of supporting the same big cable companies that lobby against a free and open internet? Get Monkey Brains! Monkey Brains is a local internet provider who doesn't sell your data, bind you down with contracts, or trick you with hidden monthly fees. We're honest, local, and 100% net neutral. Residential internet for only $35 a month, business packages starting at $75 a month. Go to monkeybrains.net and sign up today. Hey, everybody. Listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Let's Spiegelman. We're hosts of <laughs> YouTube uh, with Michael Spiegelman. Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and yeah. watch the movie at the same right. time. Yeah. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Yeah, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. 5% yeah, percent right. Standard I'm so time. lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh. Let's watch full length. All right, let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next month.
Nation. MutinyRadio.fm. District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> What a beautiful theme song to Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Glad to be here. Glad to, Glad to be here. We have a special guest. We have 
Paul and Mistress Christine from the podcast show prior to us, from the Edge of Insanity. Uh, please give it up for Paul Brumbaugh and uh, uh, Mrs. Christine. Good to see you guys. Yay! Yay. Woohoo! Glad yes. to be here. Yay! Very well, we're excited. Yeah, well, we can't celebrate the summer without watching a movie uh, together, and uh, that's the premise of our show. We're best known as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That is our acronym. You can find our podcast by that in those initials. You can find us on Twitter and YouTube with those initials, and you can find us on Facebook at Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. You can hear us first prior to the podcast drop uh, every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm. We stream first there, and prior to our show is Paul Brumbaugh's show. Paul, do you want to give a description of your show? Absolutely. People ask me all the time, what is my format? There is no format. Um, but one thing that, that is a staple is every week we do talk to Patrick Carlin, which yeah. you guys are uh, – he's infamous with you two. So uh, Patrick Carlin's there every 420 for the 420 shout-out. We do news. We uh, do comedy, music, and much, much more. So definitely check out The Edge of Insanity from 12 to 2 on Mutiny Radio. Sounds great. So you can make it an afternoon of listening to streaming shows on mutinyradio.fm. They're our only sponsor. Will we suggest go to Bevmo and donate money to at Mutiny Radio. And meanwhile, we want to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Carl, what's the movie today? Today we're watching Burglar, 1987. <gasps> Burglar. That's what you put in Whoopi the Goldberg? engine. Yes, Whoopi Goldberg. Right. Gotcha. How many E's are in Burglar? <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> Just we the like okay. um, you know the channel Full Screen Movies Collection. That's for us. Ooh. Yeah, classy. Okay, so go ahead and find the link. It's called Whoopi Goldberg Burglar Comedy Crime Full Movie 180P. Uh, click the link, hit pause, move the little marker to 000. We have none other than the Countdown King himself. Or yes, the maestro descending numerals to do our countdown. It's your Sunday afternoon. Let's get ready to Brumba. Will you please give us the honors, Paul Brumba. Hey, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. And it's Burglar. It's Bird Blar. I'm sure you'll uh, pronounce it correctly. Here we go. You guys know the drill. Let's do this in true quarantine style. Make sure you've washed your hand before you touch your device. And let's do this yeah. thing. Put the hand over the triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, wow. This is a little hard. To... Salvador Dali. Wow. No, wait. Hold on. <laughs> Warner Brothers. Yeah. It's a heat wave in Burbank. It's a lot. The, the oh, Warner Brothers block is really hot. This is Time Warner, uh, AOL hey. Time Warner. So this week, oh, hey, Alcatraz. 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 Look at that Alcatraz fog. In the old Bay Bridge. Old Bay Bridge. The old Gay Bridge. Pre-earthquake. Oh, yeah, this movie is totally 87. Yeah. Two years before the big one. So we'll see a lot of things that are not now in the city. Uh, like various, I don't know, mouse traps and. Well, they're right still now there. We got. They're still there. Yeah, they're all the same. Thirty years later, they look I'm fucking the same. <laughs> <laughs> all the assholes are still coming out. We're in Marin County. Clearly. Fancy. 
She was your favorite character, right? Did you love Chauncey? You're a big Aaron Marin County fan. <laughs> I loved um, Aaron Marin County. Shock Watts, man. He's Shock Watts. You know it's a good movie when he starts off with the star's ass. <laughs> scratching her ass. Yeah, she's scratching her ass for a shot. Ooh, the Rin horses. That's the horse Bobcat. train. Bobcat. One of Bobcat's best movies ever, by the way. He Better is than Hot Trot? Yes, absolutely. Oh, I like Hot Trot, oh, too. Cool. That's an awesome movie. Yeah, that is an awesome movie. Oh, and D.W. Bailey. It wasn't D.W. Bailey in uh, Police Academy movies. Yeah, yeah, but he's also in a current show that Christine watches all the time. Uh, what's the name of the show? Closer. The Closer. Oh. Detective Lieutenant Louis Provenza. Yeah. Louis Provenza. 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 I don't think I've ever seen that show. Does she have a tattoo of a tear in her eye? Yeah, she is an ex-con in this film, and that lets us know that. But she killed a man, oh, right? Isn't that that John Goodman. John Goodman. Nothing like an 80s film with 80s Goodman. He was so good in, in Revenge Does, of the Nerds. Isn't Andrew Salvo the one from uh, SCTV? No. No, you'll you'll know her from um, she was the prostitute in Arthur. Right. Okay. You'll know her face. Arthur, Arthur Spiegelman's totally, life. That prostitute. I totally thought she was the. Totally thought she was the lady from uh, SCTV. Andrea Martin, maybe. Andrea Martin County. <laughs> Inside that box is a button. Is Just puts it in her bag. So you like this song, right? Reach for the, raise up your head and reach for your dreams, burglar. <laughs> it's a totally 80s song. And like sometimes songs you used to like and then they don't hold up. But I got to tell you, I was there in the 80s and I hated this kind of music. It's a dime a dozen. You can't be like uh, making a movie without an inspirational theme song. But I mean, it had that like "I'm Young" drum machine, right? And and those terrible synthesizers. Reminds me of Beverly Hills Cop movie. Right. Yeah, like Harold Schultzmeyer or something. Oh come on! So they've got Tina E and the E Street Band and there were a couple. Of, what was Tina E's group? Miami Sound Machine, right? Right. Now, Whoopi has been casing this joint out for two weeks, okay? And she knows this guy's routine. He goes jogging, and it lasts 20 minutes. But for some reason, today, he decides something feels wrong, and he turns around and starts heading home. He has a sixth sense. You know that paper towel roll, if you stick it in front of your eyes, it makes it look like a periscope. Yup. You only see one. Yeah. Here, Pretty crafty. Tunnel vision. <laughs> it's so many things you can do with a used paper towel. I just wouldn't throw it in the garbage just yet. You can make a periscope. 
Well, you would need two of in. them, Mike. Two of them to make a pair of scope. Oh, right. To make a break. <laughs> I'm just making a scope. <laughs> there's That's their letters. Of scope. Telescope. She's checking the time. She knows everything's cool. But we can see over her shoulder the guy's going to be returning early. Right. Damn, fucking ruin. I was just having a smoke, too. Well, she's she's got the gloves on, so they'll never trace the the uh Ooh, the S Simon. Oh, he deserves a smoke after all that shit. Now this is what she's going going for. It's a very rare valuable steal. And there he is. Ooh. Yeah, you can see in the background. Wow, it's Elvis Lynch fan. That looks like young Elvis. Old Elvis. He can't uh, because he forgot his cigarette. I'm sorry. No, this looks like a game in the house. Somebody is smoking a cigarette. Look at hell. Yeah, right. You would notice that now. Not that someone broke in and someone right, broke right? in and lit up a cigarette. Totally noticed that. That's not TV. And he notices his watch is gone, his money is gone. Something's wrong. He doesn't notice. He doesn't smell notice, anything yet. He doesn't notice the watch yet. He just kind of smells something and senses something's weird. Where my and watch? He, now, now the watch is gone. Now he knows fucking something's going on. Excuse my language, kids at home. Watchkeeper. Now, this isn't planned. Either. Oh, here comes his personal driver. Is he totally doing no, like what you do when the police come and you're smoking a joint? You got to put out your cigarette when the Uber shows up. I love it because start they don't acting. even notice that she has two. Even notice that they don't notice that she has two teardrops, like she's been in jail for killing two people. I know uh, that's the craziest thing. Just an old lady with two prison uh, tats. I thought that they were black teardrops, but it was just um, her skin tone. Oh, really? Thank you for the clarification. That's why we go to Carl. Carl, let's go to the booth and see what Carl says. Yeah, check it out on the Prejudice Coast. Yeah, the Prejudice Coast. Yeah, man. Our, this coast has improved. Yeah, the funny thing Even is he's wearing, fila, uh, he's wearing a fila. He's wearing a fila jogging suit. He's all fitted up. Oh, so she has escaped. So she's escaped, and now we meet Carl. Coincidentally named Carl, and that is, uh, of Crazy course, our animal. favorite comedian. And he is a dog groomer. And he watches vintage uh, game shows. Now, are they back in San Francisco? Yeah. And it's her, her, it's her best friend, um, Carl. Carl Heffler's. Oh. Yeah, some Thank of the Carl. funniest exchanges in this movie. 
Okay, now, this, well, this really doesn't movie, make sense yeah. to me. She's an ex-con, but she's also the owner of a small business. She sells books. Hate Street this books. This looks like the anarchist. Whatever, she just running it for whoever. It looks like the anarchist uh, bookstore, the one that's on Hate Street. Uh, or the record what store. There's that? a record store that was in there. Yep, there's the, the sorry, the, the police academy guy. It's hate street right. books, and I hate street books. <laughs> You're more of a hate street record. You love street records. No, they definitely have to be up off the street. This is a record store. I don't know. Obviously, I don't know if it's still around, but uh, right before Hayden Ashbury. You can see the mini buses behind it, too. It looked like sardines back then. Oh, she sells keys, too. They sell everything. Yeah, I don't understand yeah, don't that. Okay, now, she's locking up the door, and she's putting clothes sign up. And the guy who's buying books doesn't understand what's going on. Right. So now, ahead, she takes his one paperback, rings it up, and it comes to $64. And he's like, what?! That's a lot back then. There you go, so it's three dollars. But I just wanted uh, how to influence, uh, how to win and influence people, win win people and influence friends. Now she's just really curious about what's in his bag. Exactly right. Come on, tell me what's in your bag. Their keys. They're a bunch of locks. I don't think you'd be interested. It's just lunch from home. Oh, you're shoplifting this book too? That'll be $84. <laughs> Whoa! Not not good to have a gun in a bookstore. That's not fair. Three against one. Smith, Wesson, and Whoopi. <laughs> now look, remember she locked the door? Suddenly it's unlocked? No, she didn't unlock it. She 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 list, changed the sign. She locked it too? Yeah, the internet thought that that was a continuity gap. He goes, she goes, hey, man, weren't you in that uh, Police Academy movie? <laughs> With Bobcat? Bobcat was in two, three, and four. Two probably is the best. Oh, these books. Look at that corduroy jacket. Okay, so what we find out now is this guy is an ex-cop, and he's got something on Whoopi that could send her back to jail. So he told her about the rare stamp, okay, and she went and stole it. She she's supposed to sell it and give him twenty thousand dollars. She's he's putting the squeeze on her. Wow, this movie hasn't even started yet, and this guy's already. No, he was in mannequin, right? He was like, in he's, mannequin. He's in a... 
He, it's not just police academy. No, no, Although he, he got was also up a regular on MASH. Oh, that's right. right. Was he Rizzo uh, or something? Rock. Yeah, he was Luther something Rizzo like on MASH from 79 to 83. Ah, Rizzo, I was right. That's right. Oh, my God. That's basically the full span of the show. Now Whoopi's having hardship because she just can't sell her stamp. Too hot. Marin's leaves are coming in. Now, where I know G.W. Bailey first, I mean, I'm not a fan of the Police Academy movies like you are. I first bumped into him in Rustler's Rap City. Oh, my God. What a film. And That's that was two years earlier. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Right, what's Tom. his name? Tom. Tom. What's his name? Berenger. Berenger. Yeah, Who's also in Platoon? I love that guy. What's the one? Uh, Hide Place Sight, or no? What's the one with him and Sidney Poitier? Time to Kill. Uh, or no? Yeah, that was uh, Raps, Rapsid, Rhapsody in the Sun. Huh. I know him from Minor That's League. That's another one. That's not the same one. Oh, yeah, Minor League. Yeah, Tom Berenger. This is back when we all were watches. Now, the the guy who she can't sell the stamp to, like, felt her pain. And so she gave he gave her the inside scoop on a job for a dentist. And he's, she's going to check it out right now. Huh. She's not running off a, a dental cleanup on the on the production bill, is she? I think my character needs to get her teeth cleaned. Yeah. Whoopi, don't pull that shit on us. And then uh, maybe go to the optometrist, get an eye check. Oh, this is back when you could smoke in the dentist's office. That's right. <laughs> Ma'am, can you put your cigarette down? I'm trying to... Okay, now, this is a stereotype about dentists who get fresh with their patients, and we're going to see him, like, rub his crotch on her hand. It was a coincidence. It just happened. Uh, nah. There, oh. <laughs> rub it in. Oh, what a coincidence. Oh, love rub. Oh, here yeah, she is, Susan Sarandon. What? That's like, not Susan Sarandon. No, it's not Susan Sarandon. That's no. like a dude. What are you talking no. about? Susan Sheldrake. That's what's her face. Wow, Susan Sarandon. That's not Susan Sarandon. That's not Susan Sarandon. I loved her in Witness. She was great. Susan Sarandon? Yeah. Okay, so now Susan Sarandon's noticing she's got a cavity. Uh-oh. So, so you did hear us. That's no way that's Susan Sarandon, right? Sure. She has had a great career, Susan. She's been a burglar. You're killing <laughs> 
You're right. You're right. It's uh, Leslie Ann Warren is her name. But I yeah, that's it. her name. You're just trying. That's right. Yanking your. To say the guy, one guy's rubbing his crotch. You're yanking my dong. <laughs> Man, Meryl Streep really knows how to play uh, play this role. So what we've learned is she has an ex-husband, and the ex-husband essentially stole her jewelry. But she can't report it missing to the police because she gets paid a lot of times by illegals, and she gets paid in cash. And so she's been buying the jewelry to hide from the IRS, so she can't go to the cops. Yeah. She's laundering the jewelry. So she's going to give me inside tip on his apartment, how to get in, here's the key, get me my jewelry back. And Whoopi demands $20,000 because that's what she's got oh, she's to pay, um, uh, G.W. Bailey. Yeah, $25,000. Yeah. yeah, she asked for twenty five, but she has to pay uh, dude 20 So she's going to pocket an extra $5,000? That is immoral. Hang on. Let me check that. Let me get my calculator. She needs expenses. She wants to walk away and not pay like- Going to jail. This is every apartment. It's every apartment company. Every apartment in San Francisco, by the way. That's what they all look like. Oh, beautiful. I, you know, I went to an apartment. California. Hill. Yeah. yeah. I've been to like an apartment. In the block. So yeah, it's by the synagogue. The ex-husband but. has gone out, and now she's. it's her chance to sneak in and uh, start burglaring. Some of this stuff looks so beautiful in this movie. And you can tell it's the architecture of the Bay Area. The way how everything's kind of compact and mm-hmm. there's like the the, the, yeah. the walls are kind of divided a little bit. Uh oh. Hello, we must go to the opera house. <laughs> you think they're going to the symphony or the opera house? Probably magic flute. Oh, yes. It must be Christmas. Okay. So she goes in, and a burglar alarm goes off, and she's mad at Susan Sarandon. Thanks for letting me know about the burglar alarm. Yeah. Why didn't we even hire you? My favorite thing about this podcast is you you totally get out of the sound down. You just got to listen to Carl. Oh, that's my job. I don't know if you know. That's my job. It sounds like you guys are It sounds like you guys have seen this movie before, but usually Mike is the audience who's never seen it, and I let him know what's going on. That's my gig. Yeah, we've seen this a couple of times. However, full disclosure, I've seen Burglar one million times. Mm-hmm. Not my first radio yeah. when it comes to Burglar. I, I have a copy of the DVD at home. Uh, and, well, right in my home studio, I should say. I love this film. When I first found out she was in it, I was like, whoopee! <laughs> Goldberg. Well, Carl, we were talking about the history of this film. This was based on a, a detective books by Lawrence Block, and it was a white guy thief. And they were supposed to have Bruce Willis play the white guy thief That's with right. Lucy as his yes. sidekick. And Bruno said, I'm out of here. I got to go to Montclair State College. Fuck you. And so Whoopi became the star, and Bobcat became the Whoopi sidekick. 
And Lawrence Block's like, wait a minute, my character is not Whoopi Goldberg. But his loss, I think this is a great movie, and it's a good way to introduce the, the series. Now, when they, I saw an interview for this with Whoopi, and they were like, how did the, you handle the change in gender? And she said, we just removed all the things about sex, and a woman could play the part. Oh. So probably in the original, he was rubbing his hand against the, the, dental, the female dentals of uh, so we see mirrors on the ceiling. We're basically seeing a lot of things in the apartment that make Whoopi think that this guy's a jerk. Nothing wrong with seeing your big man. Yeah. But, you know, missionary style, you look up at the ceiling, you see your pale ass, it's exciting. Um, what's not believable in this film is she puts the ice cream back. I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> It is dryer, so fuck that shit. It's, dryers it's for life. Look at all the chunking. Yeah, look at the old dryer packages. <laughs> chunking. Chunking, yeah. There's a lot of frost in that freezer, too. Oh, Lean now Cuisine. Look how it costs. Yeah, this is lean Cuisine, because if you ate that jewelry, you wouldn't gain a pound. <laughs> He won, let's see, he won the Peabody Award for peeing on somebody. <laughs> somebody. Mr. Peabody does not appreciate that joke. <laughs> I lived my entire life as a Peabody. Now, <laughs> we don't just pee know, on anybody. If you guys know this film, you know that there's some very unfunny stuff going on right now. What do you mean? She's she's doing one right pretty now. funny here. That's All right, listen to the funny. audio. Listen to the audio. I would not watch dogs fighting. but this I would watch dogs and cats. Oh, she's sounding French. Yeah, but she's talking about I I wouldn't wear this. I wouldn't watch dogs fucking this. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I'd watch, I'd watch dogs fucking this. The book, was called, created um, the, fashion. the book was called Burglar in the Closet, um, and it was it was a it was a hit, you know. Lawrence Block, just like you said, and he also did a Walk Among the Tombstones, Mister Blueberry Nights, and Eight Million Ways to Die. Oh, I love that movie, Eight Million Ways to Die. Have you ever seen that? Do you recommend it? Should Great. I read I yeah, yeah. if you see it, you know, it's not going to pop up anywhere, but if it does pop up, go ahead and check it out. I read a comic book version of it, too. It's the, the book itself is about, like, a, a thief in recovery. Like, he's, you know, he's trying not to drink during the whole escapade. And yeah, It's a pretty right. solid that's, movie. Right. The book, I think, in my opinion, is a lot deeper than the movie. Yeah, the hey, movie's the way, flashy. The yeah, a lot of product placement in this. I want to go to Sharper Image after watching this film, buy an answering machine. Yeah, that answer machine, yeah. Sharper Image. Do you remember when James Bond used his Sharper Image credit card to Jimmy open the door? Right. It was Roger Moore. That was a time skill, I think. So what's happened here is our hero has come home 
with a girl, and now they're doing it. Oh, right. Do you, do you, do you, do you want me to sing uh, Trapped in the Closet? It was Whoopi in the closet, closet, and it was Whoopi on the bed. Because there's Whoopi happening in the bed, and there's Whoopi in the closet. Yeah, they were, they're making Whoopi in the bed, and they're, they're hiding Whoopi in the closet. Well, she knows what it is. Whoopi don't recognizes touch, Whoopi. Don't touch that bed. It's got Whoopi on it. Oh. Yeah, I guess you. That is some 80s ass right there. She's locked in the closet because, now. Because everybody locked wow. the closet door. Dick to the face and then locked in the closet. Yeah, you got locked the closet door. You never know what's going to happen during sex. During doggy style, you might steal your clothes. I saw I this know. Tom Cruise movie, and he was in the closet. Uh-huh. Which uh-huh. movie was that? His whole career. <laughs> the funny thing is that he never came out. Still there. My first scene in Eyes and I always said, he goes, ugh, straight sex, blech. Blech. I mean, he's been in the closet so long, he's got mothballs. Well, that's not his balls, short, or her mom. <laughs> his balls, her mom. How do you smell mothballs? With your nose? Hold the wings. You hold, hold the wings. wings. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Carl, here we go. What's happening? Uh, okay, he, she heard a murder is what's happening. Now, her bag is missing of the jewels, and she heard him get murdered. He heard there the is. girl leave. Yeah, he had sex. The girl left. Somebody, some man came in. And you Ready. see there's a dental, a, a piece of dental equipment stuck in his chest. Was he supposed to be framed? No, she doesn't get framed. They find out she... Later on, they discover that she was there, and that was their way to to frame her. They didn't plan to frame her. Gotcha. So now she's with her best friend, Carl, in San Francisco, like, pouring out her woes. And she needs the twenty grand. And Bobcat suggests she goes on twenty thousand dollar pyramid. It's so obvious. <laughs> he he always plays the jet extra in these movies, right? He's always got the ironic uh, Hawaiian T-shirt on it. And he's always referencing TV and uh, Police Academy. He's like watching Leave the Beaver and crying. Right. Uh, remember, he was watching a Family Affair when uh, Family Affair. When that guy. That's went what it was. Yeah, he went in undercover. That was pretty. Yeah, cool. right. That was just is on patrol. Yeah, I love that. Well, because that was an aesthetic, like to be an ironic white guy in the eighties. You had to wear like an ironic T-shirt, and you have to like Bobcat for sure. I mean, he, his humor was the epiphany of it. So they're talking about how they hate Bruce Willis. <laughs> Fuck Bruce Willis. Sam. Glad he's not in this movie. Sam Kinison hated Bobcat and accused him of stealing from him. Wasn't it Andrew Dice Clay that they butted heads? They butted heads with? 
Well, that was, I think, on Howard Stern's show. Yeah. It was sort of fabulous. Well, fuck. Yeah, come on. I mean, Sam Kinison and Bobcat. Bobcat's a really strange bird. I don't think anyone's like him. Right. I think I mean, that there was some screaming. That's And, you know, that's what Sam Kinison was all about. So that's why he was accusing him. I don't know. He was a very uh, troubled man, Sam Kinison. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. He, was, he, was, he, had a lot of, he had a lot of demons. Oh, there we go. Channel 2 News, Barbara Simpson. Yeah, what we're finding oh, out yeah. now is that Susan Sarandon That's has real. been a, has been uh, not arrested, but taken in on suspicion of the murder of her husband. What is that across the street, Mike? What is that across well, the street? Well, that's not Is that that's the street? It's looks like probably the Red Victorian. Looks like the Red Victorian. I know, but it's it's by a school. Yeah, Red Victorian. Oh, you think it's a Red Vic? That's way further down. Yeah. Look at the Keith Haring t-shirt. Look across, look across the street. When you when you see it out the window, it looks like all red. I think it's a head shop now. Like I, I don't think it's the Red Vic at all. I, I think it's on the, a couple of blocks further uh, down. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, because there was a, a record like, store that I was like in. I like watching the scenes, the San Francisco scenes of this movie and picking it out. I can pick out. Well, this is the perfect movie for us. Right. There's a, there's a lot of scenes where, especially the car, when she gets, she's on a motorcycle, she drives all around the city. Right. Be prepared, Carl. I have notes about the, the chase scenes. Okay. Can you believe they go down the street? And then they're on Fifth Street. Give me a break. Doesn't make sense. Okay, now doesn't make sense. Funny scene in which he gets mad at the door. Uh, why? Because it's a jar. Yeah, look at that. Damn screen door. Now here's some serious Susan Sarandon acting. <laughs> she won her first Oscar. <laughs> Talented. Her best supporting goes to Susan Sarandon, Barglar. Now he really is going for a lawyer. His name is Carson. Carlson? What's up with this movie? Like Johnny Carson. Carson. Oh, I was just saying there's Carl and there's Carl. Oh, Carson. Okay. I thought this guy likes a lot of Carl. Now, this is funny because it's like, how long can they keep me? And he's like, 72 hours. And she goes, how many days is that? And he's like, it's, uh, uh, uh. He starts doing the math on the calculators. That sounds like a really bad lawyer. This is how she meets Tim Robbins in prison. <laughs> Jeez. What would be coming back? The Shawshank. It's been like two minutes without Whoopi. I'm I'm gonna go to the theater manager and demand my money back. 
you promised a movie with 80% Whoopi. She's not in this scene. It makes it down to 75%. I would like a refund. Actually, Leslie Ann Warren makes this makes Whoopi and Bobcat's acting look awesome. He's upstaging Bobcat Goldways in acting. Now we find out that 